this morning I want to continue on our series, The Life and Ministry of Jesus Christ. You might think, oh, finally, Pastor Werner should come one day to an end of it. I never come to an end with Jesus because Jesus is always wonderful. And if you read the Bible, you read all about Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. From the very first page of the Bible, even in Genesis 1, you read something about Jesus. Amen? And God um, made it very clear that Jesus Christ, the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe. Amen? And praise the Lord. The life and ministry of Jesus Christ, part 87. And don't worry, there's still enough of Jesus in the Bible for me to preach. And I want to speak this morning at the gates of Jericho. At the gates of Jericho. What happened at the gates of Jericho? And I'm going to read the scripture from Luke chapter 8, the verses 35 to 43. As Jesus was approaching Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Now hearing a crowd going by, he began to inquire what this was. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And he called out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying out all the more. Hallelujah. If anybody said, be quiet, be quiet, cry out all the more. You're in good fellowship then. Don't listen to those who want, want to quieten you down. Cry out to Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus stopped and commanding that he be brought to him. And when he came near, he questioned him, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him, glorifying God. And when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. What a meeting at the gates of Jericho. Could you imagine what a meeting at the gates of of Jericho. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you. You brought us together. I thank you for everyone who is here, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your wonderful, wonderful word. Lord, we thank you that you came to this earth in order to save sinners. Hallelujah, Lord. And I'm one of the sinners, Lord. You bled on the cross for and you shed your blood for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And this morning I'm able to rejoice in your presence. I thank the Lord for your words and I pray that you may bless us this morning. Father, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen to your word. And also I pray, 
give grace to act upon your wonderful and glorious word. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Now Jesus healed about nine blind men in his ministry that has been reported in the New Testament. <coughs> Interesting, they were all men. Obviously, ladies were not blind then. Men can sometimes very blind, isn't it? If my wife sent me to the, uh, to the fridge today, there's something, get something out of the fridge. On the top left, guess where I'm looking? I'm blind. I look at the door and I look at the right. So, is it right? There are many blind men around. But ladies, no, we don't read of any blind lady in the Bible. Have you read about? No. All those Jesus healed were blind men. Men, we need our eyes to be open. And all the ladies say, Amen. It was a little bit weak, I tell you what. Men, we need our eyes open. And all the ladies say, Amen. That's true. Now Jericho is the city of the palms. Northeast from Jerusalem on the western outskirts of the Jordan Valley. Now here Jesus performed a very wonderful messianic um, miracle. A healing miracle. How come did I say messianic healing miracle? In his messianic call, open the eyes of blind man, was in his very first call. He was sent, he was anointed to preach the gospel to the poor and to open the eyes of the blind. So that was pass, a part and parcel of his messianic call. And Jesus fulfilled it in every, in every way. Hallelujah. Now a great crowd followed Jesus. And by the time now, after 87 sermons about Jesus, walking with him through Israel, wherever he was, we have learned Jesus is now on the road back to Jerusalem. Because there is the topic of his ministry, salvation to be accomplished for every, every man. He was fixing his eyes towards Jerusalem and we walked around with him wherever we were. Jesus showed his mercy and he showed his love to humanity. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm so fascinated with Jesus. Amen. Anybody else here this morning who is fascinated with Jesus. Let me see your hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus is wonderful. And now, there were a great crowd following him. And especially as he turned towards Jerusalem, many, many joined this crowd because they had something happening in Jerusalem in the next few days. The Passover celebration was on. Now, and there were many pilgrims who followed Jesus up to Jerusalem and they went through the city of Jericho. Bartimaeus was not born blind. 
because we, we realized it, he said when Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? He said, that I may regain my sight. I don't know, perhaps through any incident, a sickness or whatever, or even an accident, that he lost his eyesight. And now he was left to beg on the roadside, and he was depending on the charity of many other people to beg in order to have something to sustain his physical life. In verse 42, Jesus said very clearly, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you what? Well. Your faith has made you well. Jesus emphasizes very clearly, there was faith in action of this man. Faith always inquires about Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 36. And all he had, in order to know what was going on around him, he couldn't see anything, but he was still able to listen, to hear everything. And he heard something, and he inquired, and inquired what is going on here? And somebody said to him, Jesus from Nazareth is passing by. Jesus from Nazareth is passing by. And all of a sudden, it clicked in his mind. He has heard this name of Jesus many times. And perhaps others have told him, if you only would meet Jesus once in your lifetime, you will be right. Somebody might have evangelized this man and talked to him about Jesus. This is a Jesus preaching church. Amen? Amen? This is a Jesus preaching church. Hallelujah. We don't have any special teachings. We have got only one specialty and it is preaching Jesus. Preaching Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And he put on his pulpit whenever he had a guest speaker to remind the guest speaker a little note. And the note said, Preach about Jesus. I think that's a good note, isn't it? I don't have it here this morning, but I'm going to preach about Jesus anyway. Anybody who comes to this pulpit, preach about Jesus. Preach about Jesus. And this Blind man in Mark, he is being called Bartimaeus. His name is not here in Luke especially mentioned, Bartimaeus. And it was told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And all of a sudden, this word Jesus, it was in his mind, you have to call upon him. And he relied on what he has been told. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He only was able to get in contact with his environment by listening. And that's all. Now hearing a crowd going to, going by, 
he began to inquire, what is this? What is this? What is going on here? Faith comes by hearing, and we read it in Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. If you hear something in order to build your faith, you need to hear of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus from Nazareth is passing by. And he called out. Now faith calls out to Jesus. And he called out. Somehow he know who Jesus was. Was son of David. Son Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus was not to him a stranger from Galilee. No, he knew this Jesus is the Messiah and he was generally called the Messiah will be a son of David. That's why he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. God wants us to call out on him. Hallelujah. Whenever you pray, call upon the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him. For He who comes to God, there are two requirements. If you want to come to God, two requirements you have to fulfill. The first of all, you must believe that He is. You understand? You must believe that He is. Jesus is God is. Hallelujah. And I don't care how many atheists say there is no God. I don't care. But I believe what the Bible says. And the Bible says, He who comes to God must believe that He is. And the next thing is this. And that He is a rewarder for those who seek Him. If you are seeking Jesus this morning... There will be a reward. And the reward is this. You will find Him. Amen? You will find Him. Now, faith knows who Jesus is. Jesus is not any Jesus from Nazareth. The name of Jesus was very common in those days. And he is not any Jesus of Nazareth. He is the Messiah, the Anointed One. And mainly, mainly referred unto the son of David. He is not Esau, the son of Mary. He is the son of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Last night, my wife and I, we had a look at her iPad. She's got a, an, an iPad, and there was something from Germany, and there's a, uh, a German Muslim, I think he is, and he was trying to tell and convince people that Jesus is not 
God. And he quoted from a Bible, a German Bible, but not a real Bible. Have you heard about uh, the translation of the Jehovah's Witnesses? New World Translation. Anybody heard about it? The New World Translation. And he read from the New World Translation in order to show the Germans Jesus is not God. And then there is another. I assume he is an ex-Muslim. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A young man. A young man. He said, I show you all the mistakes she does. And then he gets the Bible and goes step by step and said, he was wrong. He is quoting from the wrong Bible, New World Bible. You know? And you know that the Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't have a real good Christology because they say Jesus was created and not born by a virgin Mary. Because they say he is the firstborn of creation in Galatian, and that's what they base their faith upon. Jesus was not created. He is the only begotten Son of God. Amen? Hallelujah. And I was so glad that this young man proved this man, whatever he had a title, that he was wrong. Jesus is the Son of God and Jesus is God. Amen? Hallelujah. Because Jesus knows that he was prophesied about in the book of Isaiah. And when Jesus was a Nazareth in Luke chapter 4 and Jesus quoted the scripture, he came into the synagogue Chapter 4, verse 18 to 21. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then we read, and he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, sat down. In those days, in Jesus' time, teachers were not standing up, and preachers were not standing up either. When they start teaching, they sat down. They sat down. You know, when Jesus held the greatest sermon, anybody knows which was the greatest and longest sermon. Yeah. And what do we read there? And he sat down and spoke. And now, when they read the Bible or the book, they were standing. But when they were teaching, they were sitting. And he sat down. Let us say, oh, finish now. No. And everybody's eyes were fixed on Jesus there in the synagogue. They wanted to know what is he going to say about the scripture. Every Jew knows the scripture, 
from Isaiah chapter 61, they knew the scripture. If there was any educated people in that time, it were the Jews, hallelujah. They all were able to read the Bible, the Old Testament. And they knew the Old Testament. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. What is he going to say now? And he said, and he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. They never ever heard something like that. And you know what? If I hear and read something that a scripture has been fulfilled in our days, it makes me alert what is going to be. What is it? Jesus said, now this scripture is fulfilled. You all are waiting for the son of David. But now Bartimaeus was just a little bit long in the timing of the time of the Messiah. Jesus came first as the son of Joseph, the suffering servant. And at his return, Jesus is going to come back. He will then be the conquering king, son of David. I have to rephrase something in order to be very sure. When I say Jesus, the son of Joseph, is not meant the husband of Mary. It's meant Joseph, who was a wonderful, wonderful type of Jesus, Joseph one or the second youngest son of Jacob. And his story portrays the story of Jesus in many, many incidents. And that's why the story of Joseph in Egypt, the suffering he went through, the rejection of his brothers, he experienced, Jesus experienced, and so Jesus became, in the time when he was here on earth, the son of Joseph, but nobody knew that Jesus came to suffer and to die on the cross. They thought he is the son of David and he is going to turn over the whole political system and he will chuck out the Romans out of Israel and then his kingdom will be established. That's why the apostles and the disciples were inquiring what is going to be when your kingdom is being established and there are already two guys, especially the sons of the of the Sebedee. And these two guys said, Lord Jesus, and you asked the mother as well. They thought the mother can give a little bit of push of the whole thing. Jesus, can you arrange it somehow for us, the two sons of Sebedee, to sit in your kingdom, one to the right and one to the left? So they had all things figured out already. That's what they wanted. And what does Jesus say to it? Good on you. Yes, I will remember you. No, no, no. 
He said, are you able to be baptized with the baptism? I'm going to be baptized. And that meant the time is not as yet. There's a time going to come. Jesus had to be baptized with the baptism of fire, of giving his life on the cross. You know, there's always two baptisms. Throughout the whole Bible, you will see these two things. When a believer gets and comes to Jesus, what is the next step? Step. What? Yeah, that's right. But first the baptism of water. Yes? That's the baptism unto repentance true. And we see it also, now you have to watch very clearly. This earth was once baptized into water, is that right? At the great flood, and every ungodliness was drowned. In order that this earth is going to be used for God again, what baptism is this earth going through? Peter speaks about judgment, fire baptism, because the elements will melt for intense heat. And then Peter says, but we expecting a new heaven and a new earth, hallelujah, on which righteousness will dwell. Hallelujah. Looking forward for the time. Looking forward to that. There is going to become, there is going to come a time this earth will go through fire. Peter speaks about it. That's the baptism the earth has to go through. Now Jesus was baptized once of John the Baptist. And we know this little bit, this conversation they had and John, when he saw Jesus, and Jesus said, can you baptize me, please? And John said, no, 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 no. Uh, it's, uh, it's better you baptize me. Because he went according to the rank. Said, and he prophesied and said, there's somebody going to come after me who was actually before me. And he will baptize you with fire, with spirit, and with fire. And Jesus said, now let it be this time, let it be. And John baptized him in the water. And heaven opened and the, the Spirit, like a dove, came down. And the voice of the Father was, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am what well pleased. But here to these two sons of Zebedee, in spite of their mom was there, mom had to help her sons a little bit into the seat of the government with Jesus. Somehow moms are proud if their sons are something. And that's in America an unwritten rule. Every American mother believes her son is going to be the next president. That's what I want. That's all what I want. Bad luck, yeah, Peter. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, can you understand now here the mother of these two sons? Mothers, can you understand her? Any mother here this morning could understand them? Let me see, I'm not a mother, but you are shy, I know. You are shy. And she said, well, can you be baptized with the baptism? I am going to be baptized. And Jesus was baptized with the baptism of fire and suffering and so on. We see it very clearly, and that's what Jesus, what, what I meant when I said Jesus was coming at first as the son of Joseph who suffered. Yes? And then at his coming, he is going to be the, the suffering or the conquering king of David. Remember, first the Lamb of God, and second, the Lion of Judah. The Lion of Judah. Hallelujah. Now I want to invite everybody for the conference we are going to have on this weekend. Nobody should miss on next Sunday morning, my dear friend and brother, Dr. Martin Erdmann, is going to speak on this very theme. I have read it in Revelation chapter 10, the verses 1 to 10. I think it was or chapter 5, I think. I read it. And he's going to speak on the lion-like lamb and the lamb-like lion. So that's the theme he's going to speak unless the Lord is uh, leading him somehow different. Now Bartimaeus, he was wrong perhaps in the time, but he knew Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He knew who Jesus was. He is the anointed one. And something else, faith overcomes the SFB. Who knows what it means, SFB? Anybody here? I want to introduce you to the SFB. It's not a fire Bible or a family Bible study. SFB. You know, we read about people here, and you can find it out. Think about it. Interesting it says here, And those who led their way were stern, sternly telling him to be quiet. They belonged and had close association to the SFB. Now I've, I will tell you what it means. Nowadays everything is in short, you know. SFB and uh, what do you call this little stick? You know, you can put in the computer. Uh, you know... Nobody knows what it is, uh, just a few letters, SSB or whatever, something like that. What is it called? Yes. Now, I want to tell you, and i tell you a secret, what SFB means. The Spiritual Fire Brigade. Does it make sense? There is a Spiritual Fire Brigade. If somebody is crying out to Jesus, what do they say? They come with a long hose. Quiet. Don't overdo it. 
Be quiet. They wanted him to quiet down, but his heart and soul was yearning after Jesus. I tell you what, Pastor Gary, I remember you preached last Sunday about the fire, didn't you? You didn't invite the fire brigade, did you? No. He was looking, he was looking for people who will put fire on. Fire arsonists in the kingdom of God. Those who come, and Jesus said, I have come to light a fire, to start a fire, and oh, how I did wish that this fire would burn already. Jesus has nothing to do with the SFB, Spiritual Fire Brigade. Is it right? And separate yourself, and if you have got some links to it, cut these links. I want to have a connection to the fire of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I mean? Anybody experience the SFB? Yeah? I remember when I was a young boy a few decades ago. We had in our church, by the way, it was a Pentecostal church. Uh, we had in a church carry meeting. Anybody has the hunch and knows what does it mean, carry meeting? What is a carry meeting? Waiting upon the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Carry meeting. That's what Jesus said. You go to Jerusalem and carry. We had carry meeting. You know what I mean? We were coming together in the church and we were praying on our knees. Not make yourself comfortable. I was years ago in a prayer meeting here in Australia and the pastor said, now let's pray and make yourself comfortable. I saw the best thing. I would feel comfortable, most comfortable in my bed. If I would bring a bed to the prayer meeting and lay down, I would feel comfortable. No! We went on our knees. Anybody knows what it means praying on the knees? Yes? We went on our knees. And we had some teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we should wait upon Jesus. And many, many young people in our church got baptized with the Holy Spirit, including in speaking in new tongues as their Spirit gave them utterance, not as the pastor said, repeat after me. That's not a baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know that? That's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you encounter people who do that, say, be quiet. I don't want your baptism. I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit by the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And now, um, you, you could imagine how it was there. And when I shows this 13, 14 year old young boy, I was praying because I wanted to be filled with the Spirit. I wanted to wait upon Jesus I was praying there, and many others were praying, not one after the other. We were all praying together. You know what that means in one accord? 
Have you ever been in a prayer meeting where everybody prays together, worshipping God, lifting up their hands, and praising the name of Jesus? Hallelujah! And I was baptized in those days with the Holy Spirit and would speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave me utterance. In those days it was called the baptism in the Holy Ghost. There's an old-fashioned English word. Yes? But it doesn't mean any less but the Spirit of God. Now, one of the leading elders, he uh, was not necessarily uh, somebody from a Pentecostal church, from another church. He went out because this church building was a timber church. You know, you can hear it through the windows and so on. And inside people were on their knees and, and praising God and speaking in other tongues and worshipping God. Anybody experience it? Do you experience? Here, look at Pastor Gary. He knows what it means. He knows what it means. God bless you. And wherever you preach, preach the fire of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't hold back in any way. But interesting, those who were leading on, those at the point, at the front, they said, and they had their big holes, be quiet, be quiet. But this man had faith in Jesus. What did he do? He said, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Did he? No. Peter, what did he do? Oh, even louder. He prayed and screamed out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Hallelujah. When there's a soul crying out to God, John said, be quiet. The neighbors can hear, so let him hear. It's better to hear you praising God then telling off somebody in your family so the neighbors could hear. No, 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 no good. But you better praise the Lord. Now, and he made not very encouraging comments about he had heard outside, but God was inside here. And we were praising, hallelujah, hallelujah. It was wonderful. And all those who got baptized in the Holy Spirit then and there. I don't know any one of them who might have fallen away from the Lord. They're all there, hallelujah. They're all there. And I perhaps could call them and tell you, if you go to Bremen, I could say he was there, she was there. They were there. Is a wonderful, we need a wonderful baptism in the Holy Spirit. We don't need SFB. We don't need SFB. These were leading on and interesting, sometimes leading people in a church have some relationship to the SFB, Spiritual Fire Brigade. 
We have got a little poem in German. You wouldn't understand it anyway. It's about the SFB. A man of God comes to a church. He's full on fire. And within no time, the whole church is full on fire. But, but the SFB, the spiritual fire brigade, is starting to quench it. Years ago, I had contact to a, contact to a church in Whittlesea. There was once a wonderful revival years and years ago. Before we came here and opened this church, <clears throat> there was a pastor, I think it was a uniting church pastor, a Greek man. He was on fire. And within the uniting church, can you understand it? Young people got saved. They got baptized. Also baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were up operating in the gifts of the Spirit. But the leadership didn't like it. But the leadership, the elders of the church didn't like it. How on earth could an elder of a church not like it if the whole church, especially young people, are being full of the Holy Spirit and serving the Lord with all of the heart? They couldn't, they couldn't handle it. You know what they did? They sacked the pastor. Yes. And he went up to Queensland. I don't know where he ended up. But I said, a man like that, you don't sack a man of God by the preaching of the word because the fire was burning within him and others get burned and burning as well. You can't blame the pastor for it. That's what John Wesley said. He said, come and watch a pastor burning. Hallelujah. If it's not burning here behind that pulpit, it's never burned there. The fire comes from the altar. It's a light, right? It has to burn in the heart of the preacher. Hallelujah. It has to burn. And then this little group heard of me and they asked me to come to preach the word of God. And I came there and I preached the word of God. These were my first preaching in German uh, in English I'm sorry I had to learn to preach in English and I had my practice over there hallelujah and they told me this story and after a while I was able to lead this group into the assembly of God there in Whittlesea now this man this blind man he didn't care what the SFB, the Spiritual Fire Brigade, said. Faith keeps crying all the more. I tell you what, if the devil gets against you, and if your heart is burning for Jesus, the devil will come and tries to extinguish that fire as soon as possible with everything but worldly lust and stuff like that. I tell you. And you get engaged in all the garbage of the world. 
That's what he wants. But then, by, by doing so, the fire in your soul is being quenched. And then we read, and Jesus stopped. The first time Jesus didn't react, he might have hurt this man. But after the fire brigade has done its work, he cried even louder. Hallelujah. Did you have a fire brigade working on your heart? If so, cry even louder. Pray longer. Pray even more. Seek the Lord. Now the great hymn, or a great hymn composer, her name is Fanny Crosby. Anybody heard about this lady? A blessed lady of God. Hallelujah. Did you know she was blind? She was blind and she went into the prisons in order to preach to all the prisoners. She went and did it on a regular basis and at one time there was always somebody, a prisoner, who was not very open to the gospel and this time she thought, perhaps I'm going to pass him by. She didn't enter the prison cell. And she was home on her, on her way. And the guide led her over the prison yard. And all of a sudden she heard a voice. Fanny Crosby, don't pass me by. Somebody out of the window, out of the prison, prison cell cried, don't pass me by. Fanny Crosby, don't pass me by. She said, who, who is that? Her guide said, listen, it's the one we passed by this morning. He thought it's a worthwhile. And he was crying out, out of the window. Fanny Crosby, don't pass me by. She said, let's go to him. She went to him and ministered to him the wonderful word of God. Did you know this experience caused her to write a wonderful, wonderful hymn? Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. Whilst on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry. Whilst on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Jesus heard the cry of this man. in spite of the fire brigade. He was crying louder. Louder. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me! Have mercy on me! Jesus hears this morning your humble cry. He knows all about you. 
He knows your problem. He knows your heart. When God creates something new, you know what He does first. What is it? Let there be light. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Verse 1, In the beginning God created heaven and the earth. And the earth was dark, and there was Tohu And then, we read in the Bible, God spoke, let there be what? Light. If it is dark in your heart, God wants to speak the word to, into your heart straight now. Let there be light. And Bartimaeus became a disciple of Jesus. Amen? What happened? Jesus said, receive your sight. In other words, let there be light. And he said, your faith has made you well. And he received his sight. And after his sight returned, he followed Jesus, what? Glorifying God. Amen? Glorifying God. And then even more, even more, and when all the people saw it, they were doing what? They were praising, praising God. Amen? Now, what about the fire brigade? Forget about them. They were quiet. When God answers with fire, when God answers the prayer, the prayer and the cry of a humble cry, Forget about the fire brigade. God turned up, turned off their, their tap and there's no water anymore. Hallelujah. There were the whole congregation. They were doing what, Peter? Praising the Lord. Amen. They were praising God. And now he became a disciple of Jesus. Now guess where did he walk with Jesus? Where did he walk with Jesus? Jesus was on the road to Jerusalem. He went with Jesus to Jerusalem, perhaps in order to see the final act of his life, where he gave his life as a ransom for his word. And it is what? It is finished. This is my, it is finished, sister. You know, I tell you what, if there's a preacher who preaches about Calvary and he comes to the point, it is finished, she's the first one, says, praise the Lord, it is finished. I hear it because I'm sitting in front of you. I hear it always. It is finished. Bartimaeus might have become 
an eyewitness of the greatest miracle salvation of the whole world. Heavenly Father, we thank you. You know each and every one this morning. There might be for some reason or another, Lord, in anybody's heart, a cry to you, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And Jesus will stop. Jesus will stop. He will ask you, what do you want me to do? The time is now. He is here this morning. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. Whether you need a touch of Jesus. Jesus is here. He's not passing by you. He is standing still, waiting for you to respond this morning. Lord, and I thank you that you know each and every one. I thank you for your loving kindness. We have seen your wonderful miracle you performed on this man who was blind. And now he sees. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.